I really love being a part of this conversation of just encouraging introspection and, and sort of using these self-care and reflective techniques that have really worked within my life, within my clients' lives. This is your Badass Journey podcast. I am Kareen Walsh, serial entrepreneur, growth strategist, executive leadership coach, and best-selling author. Each week, I will bring you a guest or a thought that will help you align what you love with what you do in order to build that badass life and business you dream of. Welcome, everybody, to another episode on your Badass Journey podcast. Today's guest is Stephanie Toma. She's a Forbes-featured leadership and life coach, certified hypnotherapist, and best-selling author of the transformational networking book, Confident Introvert. I decided to have Stephanie on the show because I've always been curious about this introvert-extrovert dynamic and really how best can we connect regarding our different styles. Uh, Most of you might think that I am an extrovert with all that I put out in the world. You guys carry me around in your pocket all the time. You feel like I'm talking to you all the time, but I'm actually more of what I learned in today's show, an ambivert, a whole new category I had none, didn't know anything about, which I love to learn through these interviews on the show. Ambervert is something that is between or, or has kind of integrated the introvert and extrovert energies based on how you choose to show up in different situations. So uh, this is what we're going to talk about today with Stephanie, and I hope you learned something from it. If you have any questions or want to reach out, please feel free. Also love it when you share the podcast and let me know you're listening. And of course, your reviews. They mean everything. When you post your reviews, it's how other listeners get access to the show. So let's jump into today's conversation and I will see you on the other side. Welcome, Stephanie. Hi, Kareem. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to share you with my listeners. There's, you have such a gifting, not only through your book, but I know through your coaching stance and you really have helped a lot of people through transition. Um, but before we jump into the meat of your work today, I would love for you to share a little bit about your journey on how you became to be the Stephanie Toma you are today. Yes. Okay. Where to begin? There's there's a lot that we could dive into, but um, you know, a, a lot of themes that are woven throughout my book and through my personal story is this whole idea of sort of self concept, right? How we come into the world with a certain set of beliefs about how the world is and how we fit within it. And sometimes as life progresses, there are some beliefs that are directly challenged that can feel really sort of jolting. (laughs) Like, oh my gosh, no, but that's who I am or that's who people have told me that I am. Mm -hmm. And, um, And yeah, taking steps to redefine how how we show up in the world. I know that's kind of broad, so I'll kind of take it back to my my specific journey. But um, so my book is called Confident Introvert. And basically growing up, at least within like, let's say school settings, I was perceived as being really quiet and shy. And, um, you know, it was something that I, 
I was kind of like, you know, there's a lot of chaos at home. I just, it's fine <laughs> if, if I'm perceived in that way, right? But then when I started to step into more leadership roles, community building roles, and you know, really just getting to know people, getting to connect with people, a huge shift, hap- shift happened, right? And I think that it, it's sort of, there's this concept, like this sort of, there's this idea woven throughout my story of challenging beliefs and sort of having this understanding of, okay, how do I show up? How do I want to show up? So when, what are some of the examples, just so we're clear on like when you felt the timing, I guess, to find your voice and start sharing who you are? Was it at a certain age? Was it through a certain process? Like what, what was it that got you this awakening to then turn it into part of your business to help others do the same? I would say... So school has always been... you know I've always really loved learning. And, you know, of course, we're on that personal development train, just always learning and growing. And I'd say the first memories that I have of that sort of experience of... (sighs) I know I first attempted to step into leadership when I was, oh my gosh, third grade. I ran for school secretary or secretary Mm -hmm. for my grade. (laughs) So I was eight years old. And... But I didn't have a lot of self-confidence or belief. I thought, oh my gosh, this is nothing but a popularity contest. So guess what? Didn't campaign. Didn't put any signs up. I didn't want my face plastered all over the school. So guess what? I didn't win. Right. (laughs) So you know, if you don't put yourself out there and be a champion for yourself, you don't get results. So at the time, I didn't know that. I just I was under this impression that oh, if I try, you know, if I am qualified, then people will see that. You'll just and get that's it. Not yeah. true. <laughs> right. Right. Yes. So I mean that that's an example of a faux pas. You know, eight-year-old Stephanie faux pas. <laughs> Plenty more where that came from. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, I would say I really found my groove in high school initially. So this is a throwback. But yeah. um yeah, being in cross country and running, I was like, oh my goodness, there are all these people who are, you know, a little more studious, a little more reserved. Uh and we just liked, we just run, you know? Yeah, you <laughs> can be in your head and not have to interact exactly. with other people when you're running, right? Yeah. Exactly. And then it became so natural when I was invited to become team captain. Uh, it was, I didn't even think twice. And it, it was nice to be invited. Yeah. All that won't always happen. But, uh, but yeah, just finding sort of a niche that I was really passionate about in terms of, you know, proper form and just how great I felt running and within community from there, I, I would really say that set the groundwork for uh, the deeper personal work uh, and you know professional work to come. Yeah. And then as you built out your profession, were you always you know on this path to becoming a coach? Like how did you mm-hmm. transition into your coaching stance that you have today? Yes. Okay. So I did not seek out to be a coach. I remember... I remember seeing, you know, ads for coaches and I kind of thought, that's a racket. What is this coaching business? You know, people that get paid so much money and they change your life that they're not even credentialed. You know, it, it, I didn't understand it. So I, it certainly wasn't on my radar for myself. However, again, I was invited. I don't know if some of your listens, 
the listeners are on the more spiritual side of things, but I'm a projector. So accepting mm. the invitation, uh, that's been a, a total theme in my life of being open to what the invitations are and saying yes, even when there is a little uncertainty, just trusting. So yeah, I would say it started when one of my friends who has a meetup, she invited me again to, uh, to give a talk on anything that I was an expert on. So I decided to, with the help of a friend, we brainstormed together and decided upon the topic of networking for introverts mm. because I had hosted so many events. At that point, it was hundreds. Now it's, it's well over a thousand over the years. And, and people commonly misinterpreted me as being an extrovert. Mm-hmm. You know, someone who gets their energy from people when I, I actually get my energy from solitude, even though I'm socially fluent, like I, I can, I can hang in a crowd and it, it can be okay. <laughs> so yeah, I gave that presentation and it really flowed out of me. I, I created, you know, a 50 slide presentation in probably an hour and a half. And it, it was like, it was just waiting, <laughs> just waiting there. And, you know, I gave this presentation at a WeWork and there were... 60 attendees and then people at the co-working space who were just working, they ended up joining. And I had nice. this huge crowd and I was like, wow. what's going on? You yeah, know? that's amazing. And Q&A was flowing and I realized, wow, people are asking questions. And based on my experience of hosting all of these events and you know, b- breaking out of my shell, so to speak, yeah, it, it just was fairly effortless. And I did get follow-up communications from a few attendees saying, oh, you know, I really enjoyed it. And then I was asked, you know, will you be my coach by Mm -hmm. two attendees? And I ended up working with each of them and they were my first coaching clients. And, you know, I had done career coaching before then, but it was much more, okay, here's your resume. Here's a cover letter. And and this was a lot more open-ended. What were the type of things you would dive into? Like, so uh, just for my listeners to benefit from too. Like I totally am an introvert myself, which they would never imagine because they feel like, I feel like everyone, because they carry me around in their pocket, like I'm out there talking all the time (laughs) or interacting all the time, but I actually refuel in solitude. And I, I always said I was a um, conformed extrovert. Like I had to become an extrovert uh, or understand extroverted tendencies and get comfortable with it in order to build the business and life that I have today. Because if I didn't speak about it and if I didn't get in front of people for it, then I um, I couldn't extend that invitation like you're talking about mm. to allow the people in that would want to work with me or grow with me. And um, I think it's really important for listeners to, and maybe we can help them identify do they have more extroverted tendencies or are they more on the introvert side so that they can understand for themselves maybe an area they need to grow into or understand better as they're on their growth path? So how do you define extroverted tendencies? Maybe let's start with that. Yes. Okay. So let's see. There. So I, the person to go to would be Carl Jung, right? With introvert, extrovert. So it, it's defined by how you get your energy. And there are a few other characteristics that I'll go into. So if you're defining an extrovert, this is someone who energizes through being with people and let's say going to an EDM concert, going to a packed nightclub, you know, <laughs> those sorts of activities will really enliven the uh, someone who skews more extroverted. And uh, extroverts also tend to be more verbal processors. 
So when they're asked the question, they may immediately begin speaking, but they may not be saying the answer to the question right away because they are verbally processing their response. Mm. And yeah, I mean, there are other differentiators. And, you know, I I would also just want to flip it on the other side of things. Uh, Introverts tend to, let's say, get energy from reading, writing, and even some one-on-one conversations that are really aligned. I think that's probably why when you're in people's heads, when they're listening to your podcast and thinking, oh, she's like my BFF, it's because they're observing either you speaking directly to them and it's kind of like a one-on-one situation or you're speaking one-on-one with a guest. And yes, and I would also say that there's also a term ambivert Mm. that's out there, which means that you kind of... So it means that, that you have access to both. And, you know, it does simplify things. That's me. <laughs> right. We do, and all of us, I would actually say, unless you are a yeah. cartoon character, you do have access to both, yeah. really. So I may be 60% introverted, 40% extroverted. But then, hey, put me in a certain situation, like a certain event that's all personal development focused with a bunch of my people. I'm like, okay, then yeah. like, I'm going to on different type of energy. Yeah. yeah. So say the word again, ambivert. What is it? Yes, ambivert. Okay, so we talked about Carl Jung, then there's Kimball Jung. Mm. And so that coin was termed a few years later. Mm. And it essentially means that uh, there are some situations that, that elicit uh, a more classically extroverted response and some situations that elicit a more classically introverted response. And you're kind of teeter-tottering you know, within two worlds. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I, I that's how I have described myself. I didn't know there was a term for it. So that's great. Like, thank you. I just learned something new. And then <laughs> I'm, I, I'm curious with the year we've had and having all this remote interaction and, you know, everyone is trying to navigate. Um, I know that there were in the beginning of the pandemic year we've been in, there was a lot of talk around this is like an introvert's dream <laughs> to like have the control of when they get to interact with other people. I'm curious what your perspective has been in this year um, and how it's either helped or hindered, you know, the confidence or performance or interaction that people have had as an introvert. Yes. Okay. So let's see. <laughs> Short answer to this question is, you know, is life better for introverts during the situation that we're in in the world? Short answer is no, life is not better <laughs> yeah. because it, you know, it's nice to have agency, right? So, uh, but of course, you know, we, we all have our own opinions on, on the state of the world and what's going on, but you know, what, like for, for our own health, many of us are staying indoors and things are closed, you know, that's the reality of the situation. So yeah, to not have that option to safely uh, be able to, let's say, go to your favorite establishments or go to the grocery store without wearing a mask on your face, you know, it, there is an element of, um, you know, adaptation and maybe low level trauma that we're all collectively experiencing right now as our reality has shifted. And, and of course we're, we're, on that personal development train, as I said earlier. So there is a silver lining. There are good things that have come from this, but it's important to also note that all of us, no matter how you get your energy, no matter how you identify, uh, no matter how much introspection you have previously done, there there's a lot to process right now. 
Yeah, and the, and the the thriving aspect, I feel like we we're all just doing our best, but we're also biding our time. There's a there's the energy of um, compliance in the air, and like you said, even as whether you're introvert, extrovert, ambivert, <laughs> there's a uh, that level of self expression that's needed. That when it's confined, like if you can't self express in the space you're living and working in. And you need to be out or you need that connection outside or inspiration, creativity, et cetera. Um, it can, it can teeter on the what now, like that panic of, of some sort, or just feel less than, you know, in these moments, which is, you know, it's been an interesting time, but I'm glad you shared the perspective for introverts. It sometimes needs still the, the method of, of openness right? Like the ability to go and do when you want to do, we're all kind of impacted on that. Well, yeah. And, you know, that kind of reminds me of this, um, this other idea of Zoom fatigue. Yeah, completely. Yeah. How how there's this idea that, oh, if you're just sitting, let's say at your home office or wherever you're seated during the average workday, um, that you should have energy, right? Because all you're doing is sitting down, looking at a screen when really there is a sense of depletion from not moving, you know, movement, like exercise, like encourages energy flow in the body. And if we're not doing that, and if we're, you know, sucked into a screen without any break, then yeah, we'll get Zoom fatigue. And and one way that I encourage uh, people who attend my workshops and clients to break away from what seems to be inevitable is by having what I call a solitude sandwich and making sure... So basically, you're making sure when you have your solitude sandwich that the activity is the contents, the peanut butter, and then the bread is a period of solitude. And this this isn't to say necessarily that you need to spend an hour meditating before and after every meeting, not realistic for many of us. But even if it's a 10-minute walk around the apartment, even if it's, I love this one, 10 jumping jacks, you'd be surprised. At, you know, that kind of beats a morning coffee situation for me personally. Yeah, it does energize you or a dance party. I like to do like a dance party break to shake it up, um, listen mm-hmm. to some music that just shifts my energy. And, um, and then I can like jump back into my next call because today has been back to back. And I definitely made sure I had my mini breaks. I'll sometimes even end my meetings early and say, I need 10 minutes before my next meeting. We got to, we got to shut this down right now so that I can move on to what's next because that self care management is what actually builds our confidence to show up in our Mm. highest self in all that we're doing. And if we allow the fatigue to take over and draw us down and this is just the way it is and I have no control over it. You also have to dialogue with those you're interacting with, your needs, especially in this space where they can't read body language as well, or they can't um, assess your energy of what's high and what's low because maybe you've been putting on a face for all these Zoom calls and they have no idea. You know, So I think these are great tips to make sure a solitude sandwich <laughs> is in your day, right? And it sounds like it's around any activity. So it's kind of planning the when you're in interaction mode or, or activity mode, and then what solitude. Give us some examples of other examples of solitude. So it's like the, the dance around, the jumping jacks, the movement. Are those the pieces of solitude activity? So yeah, that's interesting that you bring that up. I typically don't 
recommend movement activities as something to do in solitude. But mm. hey, like I love, I love the idea of adding that to the mix. Um, yeah. there, there's a practice that I engage in. I've led workshops on meditation movement, which is just a very sort of fluid way of moving like ecstatic dance, but the more sort of mellowed out cousin. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I would say, let's see. So there's another concept from a book, The Daily 321 that applies here. So three activities that I'm a huge proponent of would be reading, writing, and meditating. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, I mean, you can do these on either end of a solitude sandwich or if you like to um, block schedule things, like I'm a huge fan of block scheduling at my solitude sometimes. Like, so let's say at the end of the day, the daily three to one would be 30 minutes of reading, 20 minutes of journaling and 10 minutes of meditation just to kind of get rid of that blue light before you go to sleep, allow for more restful restful slumbers. Yeah. I love that. I think for me, my my listeners who've been with me for a while, they know that I'm all about my self-care routine, like first thing in my day, because I serve my clients all day long. And I feel like um, if I didn't have that, I'm so disciplined about it now, but it, it does include like, you know, the, I start with my meditation, I journal, I set my intentions for the day, I work out, I have my breakfast, I then get ready. While I'm getting ready, I'll watch or listen to a podcast or I'll watch an interview show that like I've been dying to understand more about something I'm trying to learn about. And then I, I, Get my energy ready, and I cross the threshold into my office. Like, and it and it could be a large block of time for me in the morning, but it is so needed so that I can serve in my highest energy throughout the day. And I love that you're sharing to also make sure you do it in between. You know, like as as you have extended yourself to make sure you're recharging. Um, that's what I call it, recharging and refueling, in order to continue. But there's also that restful evening routine as well. It's like getting into that next activity of true recharging and relaxation. Um, that's important as well. So I love that discipline. Tell us a little bit about how you decided to write your book, Confident Introvert, and what would people expect once they go and, and grab their copy? Yes. Okay. So... I wrote the book actually just about a year ago now. I wrote it in November of 2019. And so it was about a six-week period to get that draft one completed. And it just became a daily practice. And it was non-negotiable every day. I don't even think I took weekends off. Yeah. <laughs> you know? We're disciplined. Exactly. And it was one of those things that the end of 2019 for me was more... Uh, reflective and introspective. I didn't I, I didn't host any events in December of 2019, which was pretty unheard of considering, you know, my average schedule of, you know, hosting events five nights a week. So yeah, I would say just just making that saying to myself, okay, this is a goal, a life goal. Why wait? I, yeah. I want to be an author and now's now's the time, even though it, it maybe isn't perfect. You know the years winding down, and um, yeah, so I, I ended up transcribing uh, different uh, podcasts, different recorded talks and webinars that I'd given, and compiling that into what is now known as Confident Introvert. So it, a lot of it stemmed from that, uh, yeah, the workshop networking for introverts. But then I was able to add more to it and. 
take into account the Q&A portions. You know, how many dozens of times I'd, I'd given the workshop and people asked new and interesting questions. So yeah, it just became this, this experience of, of reflection on what I had built over the last year. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I would say I did have a sort of, what is, what, how would I say it? I had sort of a, um, a treat for myself at the end, which was more solitude, surprise. So I did a silent Vipassana meditation retreat. Nice. So, and I left mid-December for that. So I knew, okay, draft one, this is a promise to myself. It needs to be done before this retreat because there's no reading or writing allowed during this retreat. So yeah, and it's, it's so fascinating how just the turn of events, how everything's unfolded because I told myself, okay, I'm engaging in all of these super solitary activities with the expectation that there's going to be an in-person book tour and a lot of activity in 2020. And little did I know, I was actually preparing for more of what was to come. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how has the response to the book been? Oh yeah. Okay. So, so I would say it's, you know, it's been a really fun journey. It's, it's this whole idea of reframing what it means to be confident Mm -hmm. and reframing even what it means to be introverted. There are so many people who identify as introverts that people don't think are introverts. So there's you, there's me, there's Brene Brown, there's Oprah, there's Beyonce, uh, there's Chris Rock, there's um, Christina Aguilera. You know, the list goes on and on. And I, I really love being a part of this conversation of just encouraging introspection and sort of using these self-care and reflective techniques that have really worked within my life, within my clients' lives to then serve as a really strong base for bridging that gap to connecting with other people and then stepping into a greater sense of authentic leadership. No, oh, that's amazing. I always define confidence as... Because I, I people would always say, you're so confident. Like, how do you get your confidence? And I'm like, me? Like, <laughs> you know, like there's that inner voice that's just like, should I be talking about you? And then I, I really sat and thought about it. I was like, what does confidence mean to me? And I define it as faith in action. Like it, it's something that no matter what you want to accomplish, you can learn how to get that done. But if you don't have the like faith in yourself and confidence in yourself and know that whatever the outcome is, is that's the lesson learned to move into, that you know, it's it's possible for all of us. And to me, that's a confident stance. So I'm excited that you were able to not only leverage all the conversations you had, I can't imagine what a what a resource uh, a confident introvert book is, but also you know take the time to actually put it down there and help others because I think you know in our society we get typecasted like it starts at a young age where you're oh you're so so and so like you're so this mm-hmm. you're so that and then we start to believe things about ourselves that then don't really exude who we truly are from the inside. And having that confidence to start expressing it, but also find the avenues for expression is so needed so that others can learn who we are and then walk along with us or work with us and and build what we want together, which is really great. So if if our listeners want to connect with you and either um, work with you as a coach or just even learn more about your book, like or come to one of your events once you host your events, like what are the best ways to connect with you? 
Yes. Okay. So I would say I am actually still hosting virtual events um, at, at least one, once a month. Um, so yeah, people can feel free to pop in to those events. They're posted in my newsletter. So uh, you can sign up for my newsletter at stephanietacoma.com. That's S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E-T-H-O-M-A.com. And, uh, and then yes, to learn more, to apply for a one-on-one uh, strategy session to see if we can be a fit together. Uh, the link for that is stephanietoma.com slash coaching. And then uh, the book Confident Introvert, if you'd like to dive into that, that is on Amazon, but also quick Google search will let you know where else it is. It is widely distributed um, online at this point in time um, in more places than I'm aware of, really. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I mean, we're just like, okay, cool. Not a bad uh, place to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great, Stephanie. We'll make sure to put all that in our show notes too, so that um, it's easy for listeners to access. And um, before we close out today's conversation, and you know, my way of thanking you for being my guest on the show, is there anything going on in your life or business that you would like some support on that I can help you with today? Yes. Okay, Karine. So I love that you have this question. Um, it's a very unique question. And yeah, I haven't asked it before on a podcast. And you know, one of the things that comes to mind, uh, I know that you you reach a lot of entrepreneurs as well, is this idea of, let's say, being within a niche. So for example, in, in my case, pretty firmly in the confident introvert networking for introverts niche, and then realizing, wait a second, I actually stand for something deeper. Mm-hmm. And that, that work is still relevant, but below the surface of it is this more personal development piece of being able to show up in a room and, and know, oh, people want to meet me. I have value <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, to give within this group, but also to not have it be contingent or dependent upon other people's approval or recognition. So yeah, I guess my question in a nutshell is, based on your experiences or any experiences with clients of sort of bridging that gap and not necessarily discarding or throwing away a past uh, sort of career focus, but building upon it. Yeah. And the expansion. Yeah. Yes. So, so what you, what, the way I kind of translate where you're at and what is about to happen next, right, for your business and your practice is that you're at that point where you you have grown past what you originally built. And this happens for a lot of entrepreneurs who are creative thinkers. And like you said, you're a projector, right? So you're, you're always thinking about the how else can I serve? Or, or I'm seeing this opportunity and I, I know I can like land in there and assist them you know, with this problem or help them find solutions or get to that next level. And um, I've, I grappled with this in many ways through all the different what I call growth spurts in my business as well. I think that if you think expansively in the journey you want your lifetime clients to be on. So for example, you do your networking events. They come to that event. They learn about you. They meet other people. There's value in that. Then one or two of them decide, you know what? I want to be coached more. I want to dive in deeper on this topic or get more assistance here because I'm going through transition. And I know Stephanie is going to be able to help me navigate through that because of what I learned from that networking event. So now they become a coaching client. Well, the coaching clients and the work you're doing there is more expansive and you have a toolkit in, uh, or I should say, a 
a back shed of tools, right? That you can assist them in whatever they bring up. So it's not just about career anymore, for example, if that's how they came in. It's really about life. It's really about uh, navigating a big change for them. So if you think about your journey of the ideal client through your business, where they start, what they come to, where they you take them next... It's literally easy to then share that narrative that that's the journey you want to be on yourself as a coach. Like you're not only a career coach or a confidence coach or um, someone who helps people network better. You're someone that does and define what that is and start sharing that. It's like you said, you're a, a magnet for what you set your intentions to. So I think building upon it, And then deciding where do you want to spend your time? So I think that's the most critical question to ask as a service-based entrepreneur where you are the business and the service. Where do you want to spend your actual time? And when you define that in the growth of your business, then you ask yourself, what can I do to automate some of what I've done before that I've outgrown? Is Is that automation someone else coming in and assisting them? Like, is there someone you maybe have groomed to be a great career coach and now you're going to have them be part of your team and they're going to be the ones working with, you know, those who want career management assistance? Or um, do you want to be spending your time more with um, teams of people versus one-on-one? And so maybe you have to build the one-on-one path and a team path, but really ask yourself, where do you want to be spending your time in your business? And then that will help identify, do you have to let go of certain parts of your business that you just don't offer anymore? I've had to do that, you know, just to grow into the next level or source it to someone else to do on your team um, or, you know, decide that you're pivoting completely and you're becoming something else, someone else, some other business model. But those, those, that is how I would approach it for you to do a self-assessment of where do you want to take it. Does that help? Yes, thank you for that. Some You're welcome. For that. Yeah, great. Well, thanks so much for being on today's show. And those of you listening, you know we love to hear from you. So if you got a takeaway from today's conversation, please make sure you post that you're listening, send us any questions you have, and of course, share it with those who you know will benefit. And I will see you in the next episode. Wasn't that such a great episode? I know you got amazing takeaways from that. What I would love for you to do for me, if you can help me extend my reach, is go ahead and subscribe to the show so you get the latest notification and listen before anyone else. Also, if you could go ahead and post your review, your five-star review will help me get other people interested in this conversation and extend my reach of impact. Most of all, I would love for you to share this with your community. It means so much to me to have you as a listener and I would love to connect with you. So if you have any questions you would like me to answer on this show, go ahead and email hello at kareenwalsh.com and my team will make sure that I get your questions so we can get them answered on the show for you. Thank you so much for listening today and I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you.